helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Many people are calling Bidenomics a failure, well, except for Mr. Biden. However, I disagree. I believe the goal of Bidenomics is not what the administration has been telling you, but what we've been witnessing. Remember the Inflation Reduction Act that had almost no language regarding reducing inflation? Or the IRS funding that was supposed to be focused on the rich? Could it be that the economic bad news we've been experiencing the past few years are the goal of this legislation? We keep thinking that everyone has the same goal as we do, but that has been shown over and over again to not be the case. The question is, will we do what we must to survive these successes, or will we simply do nothing while evil flourishes? Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm so glad you could join me today. We're going to take a look at, uh, well, I guess some economic issues and try to to look beyond the headlines beyond the the sound bites and see if we can find out what's really going on and then we'll of course look at it from a constitutional standpoint and decide if you know what we can do to survive the successes of uh bidenomics now i know a lot of people calling bidenomics a failure i don't think it's a failure i i think it's a it's a bad policy but I think it's it's promoting a goal, and that goal is well, being quite successful. For example, uh, the the Congressional Budget Office recently released a report this report showing that in the first eleven month eleven months of the twenty two twenty three fiscal year, because remember, um, you know the the federal government has a fiscal year that starts October first, so this basically means through through August. The federal government has had to borrow $1.5 trillion. $1.5 trillion in 11 out of the 12 months of the fiscal year. Now compare this to last year. Last year, after 11 months, the federal government had borrowed $946 billion. In other words, over half a trillion more. We've borrowed over half a trillion more. But yet, I know Biden keeps saying that, you know, the he's reduced the deficit. He's reduced the deficit. Then why, ladies and gentlemen, does it keep going up? Well, because he's being very specific about where he, he's saying we reduced it from. We reduced it from the ridiculously illegal and unconstitutional glut of overspending that was generated by the, um, well, it wasn't generated by COVID-19, no. It was generated by the the bureaucrats and the politicians that used COVID-19 as an excuse to basically borrow a boatload of money to run the United States into bankruptcy. And oh, by the way, that $1.5 billion isn't the end. There's still the last month of the fiscal year, and I wonder how much they're going to have to borrow to cover that. Now, you may be asking, why, Paul, how could, could a, a how could bankruptcy, effective you know, or, or actual bankruptcy, be a goal of anyone in the federal government? Well, it's simple. We owe $33 trillion. There is no rational, logical way to pay off $33 trillion 
with a $4 trillion average income. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Even if we, just imagine, it's like having a job that, that pays $50,000 a year, trying to pay off $800,000 in credit card debt while still spending more every year than you actually take in. So the only way to get out of this financial mess is to devalue the currency, to make those $33 trillion worth squat to drive the value of them down to something where the value of, of what we have, the value of the United States, is, is comparable. In other words, to generate inflation. You see, if you take that $4 trillion, but through inflation, drive it up to $10, $15 trillion, well, then $33 trillion doesn't sound so bad. But to do that, you basically have to effectively bankrupt the, the country and, by extension, bankrupt a large percentage of the American people. To basically take, think of all the people who have put money away for retirement. You have to wipe it out. You have to basically devalue all of that. Or the people that have invested money into things uh, as, as a hedge against, you have to watch all that good wiped away as well. It's not really that outrageous when you think about it. Back in the 1950s, the um, I think the median house price is roughly forty, fifty thousand dollars. Now it's over four hundred thousand dollars. But if you looked at it at the based in gold, in other words, if you took that median house price, converted it to gold, the median the median house is pretty much the same amount of gold. So it, it's to me, it's not an outrageous statement to look at it and say, no, effectively, the only way to, uh, uh, to deal with this outrageous deficit, this outrageous debt, is to devalue the dollar. Now, you may look and say, well, that, that's going to have some really terrible consequences, some, some awful consequences. Yeah, but not to the people that are actually doing the devaluing. And and think of the, you know, if you take no consideration for what our children and grandchildren will have to deal with, well, the American people have shown they don't care. See, a lot of people call this Bidenomics, but this is not Biden voodoo. Remember, it is Congress that appropriates money. It is Congress that appropriates money for the Treasury to spend. The Treasury cannot spend a dime unless Congress appropriates it. And remember, it's Congress that's effectively spending all of this money. And it starts with the House. The people that represent you and me, they're the ones that are spending this money. And you know what? They're not taking any of the blame for their overspending. Not really. There are a few people pointing jabs at them. But even, you know, look, at they, they had this whole big brouhaha about, uh, um, about the, debt, the, the debt ceiling. Oh, we got to get spending under control. We can't raise the debt ceiling. We got to get spending under control. And then they came up with this ridiculous, quote unquote, solution. We'll just forget the debt ceiling for a few years. We went from $31.6 trillion to $33 trillion and no end in sight. Because, well, it doesn't hurt them very much. They have hedges against inflation. They can, you know, they, they, it doesn't it doesn't cause them people who are rich have a way of making money when the value of the dollar goes down it's the people who are living paycheck to paycheck that get hurt the most and well guess what if you're not one of them or if you have a way to to avoid that within your family 
that seems to be the goal of, of, of Binomics. How about another one? For the third straight year, overall U.S. incomes have fallen. Now, they're talking about real incomes. I mean, they're not talking about the number on your paycheck. They're talking about what your paycheck buys. I, I use the example of homes because most people can recognize that the, the, you know, we've been told you, know, you buy real estate, it's going to be worth more. What it really is telling you is the value of the dollar is less. So if you get a paycheck and every year that paycheck, the number stays the same, but what you can buy with that goes down. Um, that's called a decrease in real wages, and that's called that comes from inflation. Now, according to the Census Bureau, why the Census Bureau is doing this makes no sense. Well, well not constitutional, but we're worried about that anymore. Back in 2021, the average in the, I'm sorry, the inflation-adjusted median household income was seventy-six thousand three hundred thirty dollars. In 2022, that's now down to $74,580. Now, we won't have 2023 numbers, I believe, until, well, after 2023. But look at it this way. That means if you get a, if your pay rate stays the same, but inflation keeps growing, you are losing money every year. It's a hidden tax. Oh, by the way, that's a 2.3% decline. That means if you got a, of uh, 2% pay raise, you still didn't make up for inflation, which means you still had a declining real wage. Now, again, a lot of people say, well, why would that be considered a good thing? The, the, the less your paycheck buys, the more dependent you come on, become on government services. It becomes harder and harder to buy groceries, so you're more likely to go on, on food stamps or to use other government programs to subsidize whatever you're doing because your dollar buys less, your paycheck buys less. By the way, it also pushes many families into having more people work. Again, it wasn't that long ago, 60s, 70s, the, um, the, 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 the median income for a single worker was enough to pay for the entire household. You had one, you had one wage earner, and sure, sometimes you had a second worker. Sometimes they did it for personal reasons. Sometimes they needed the money. But the vast majority of households lived on a single income. Now you drive more and more people to having to have dual incomes because, well, the single income doesn't go as far as it used to anymore. That, by the way, also drives people towards things like um, public schools. Because I can't afford a private school, but I want to send my kid to school so I can go out and work during the day. Also pushes towards government-subsidized daycare. It makes you more dependent on government. And if there's one thing the Marxists like is people who are dependent on government. Now, there has been one uh, piece of news that people have, oh, look, at this is good news. There's good news. I'm reading this for the Epic Times. The U.S. government posts second budget surplus of fiscal year in 2023. Oh, really? Well, yes. See, for the month of August of 2023, there was an $89 billion budget surplus, meaning taxes and fees collected by the federal government was $89 billion more than uh, they actually spent that month. There's just one teeny little problem. See, that's a mistake. 
I don't mean it was a counting error. You see, the Biden administration had planned to spend $319 billion on their student loan forgiveness program, but the Supreme Court said no. So um, they didn't spend as much money as they had planned, meaning the deficit only came about because the Biden administration got their hand slapped for being unconstitutional tyrants. Not that that's really going to mean much to, to this administration. But it's also important to note, as I just said, we have a $1.5 trillion deficit. And we had one month with an $89 billion surplus, or a $0.089 trillion surplus. Yeah, this is not really good. This is, this is less bad news. I wouldn't call this good news, at least not for uh, everyday Americans, not for people with a, a, a fiscal head on their shoulder. It's simply less bad news. The, the Biden administration tried to spend more money than they were allowed to. And because of that, we didn't have as bad. We actually had a, surp, a small surplus instead of the huge deficits we've been running. Because remember, we're at a $1.5 trillion deficit. Yet we still have the uh, uh, Biden and, and Harris and, and all these, these Marxists saying, Oh, look at, look at, Bidenomics is working. Bidenomics is great. Then, then why do we have a $1.5 trillion deficit? And speaking about the student loan fiasco, you see, even though one plan, one program to uh, uh, forgive student loans was, was knocked off the table by the Supreme Court, the administration's trying to start up a new uh, a program to cover up to cover uh, student loan payments, and that's expected to take about a hundred billion dollars out of America's pockets over the coming year. How can you say that that Bidenomics is working when the the def the deficit is up? That means the debt is up. That means and we we're looking at inflation being up. Uh, it's simple, because I don't believe the goal of Bidenomics is to give is to strengthen the American economy. No, I believe it's to strengthen the, the political position of a Marxist party, a party that I've already shown. I would just look at, listen to yesterday's program. They're not interested in democracy. They're interested in tyranny. And the easiest way to get people under control is to make them dependent on you for their food, their medicine, their housing. Isn't that what we've been seeing over the last several years? And here we have once again, the the Marxist administration trying to take money from Americans that have worked hard, that have sacrificed, that have, have done the right thing and hand it over to people that either went, got a college degree so that they could, oh, I don't know, make more money or were foolish in, their, in, what, in the degree they followed and have not been able to use it to make money. In other words, they want the hardworking people that made the right decision to pay off the bad decisions of others. Gee, where have I heard that before? Now, I, I have to head off for a break. Before I do, I want to remind you, please check out the boot camp, the, the Patriots boot camp at constitutionstudy.com slash boot camp. It's an absolutely free class. It's an hour video. It's, it's got some, I believe, some really great information. We had a good time. Uh, some tools that you can use today to help protect your rights, your liberty, to protect your family. 
And again, it's all absolutely free. Just go to constitutionstudy.com slash bootcamp, enroll in the course for free. Uh, yeah, you have to sign up, but that's that's it. That's the only cost. Take the course, and then when you pass the test at the end, you will receive an invitation to join our Patriots program where we can work harder to do to take whatever it is is your passion and help you be better at protecting the republic using what you find is passionate to you. So please, again, this constitutionstudy.com slash bootcamp for information on the bootcamp and slash patriots for information on the patriots program. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get to the end of the day and, and even the end of some of these programs, I'm just, I'm having a harder and harder time focusing. So I found this great, pro- I mean, sure, I could, I could grab a cup of coffee or, or uh, maybe one of those sugary energy drinks, something that will boost me up, but they always lead to a crash for me. So I found a way to boost my short-term focus and my long-term brain power using healthy cells, focus and recall vitamins. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, vitamins. Now, as an America Outlaw listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell, whether it be Focus and Recall or any of their great products. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. Basically, what I want you to do is go to healthycell.com, check out their products, check out Focus and Recall, all their products, put your card together, use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. And as, a, as something to help you, During this break, I'm going to grab me a focus and recall so I can be really sharp when we get together on the other side of this break. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. 
No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back, Everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study, where we are looking today at the success of Bidenomics. Yes, I say success, not because you and I think it's a success, but I think it is doing what its creators want it to do. I think the the uh, what we are seeing is not the failure of Bidenomics, but the success of um, what their, its creators want it to do. I spent the first segment talking about some more grand scales. I talked about the, the deficits and the debt and inflation and all that. Well, this little old nugget popped up uh, the other day, and I wanted to bring it to you. See, the Biden administration recently approved a, a $5.7 million in grant funding. This is going to go to George Washington University. Well, okay, $5.7 million is not a lot of money in government stakes, but it's your money being spent, being given to, to uh, George Washington University for what purpose? Well, they want to create a program called Expert Voices Together. This is described as a government grant database as a social technical system that provides real-time support to experts experiencing online harassment. See, the project's goal is to provide journalists and other and their peers, other experts, to deal with uh, what they refer to as alleged abuse, as well as personal assistance with digital safety. In other words, um, they 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 want to give some they, they want to make the journalists who have been um, pointed out for being absolute hacks, they want to give them a little safe space to go run off and hide. They want to give them some some cuddly teddy bears, maybe metaphorically. When people get upset for, oh, I don't know, lying to the American people. I mean, does anybody remember Taylor Lorenz? The, the one who had the absolute meltdown, um, uh, you know, for uh, uh, during an interview on, on Meet the Press. I had severe PTSD from this. I, I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating. Now, understand, I, uh, Taylor Renz apparently was, I, I guess she was doxxed. You know, there was information got out. She got threats. And uh, I, but remember, she was not chastised. She was not called out for the breakdown. See, it was just a short time later, she turned around and doxxed a a uh, uh, somebody i guess she would somebody dealing with lives of tiktok and then mocked the chaya uh, rachik and then mocked her for tweeting about the threats made against her she's here crying on television oh people said mean things about me now listen i i think toxing is evil i i think the the online threats are are horrible thankfully um the threats i receive are pretty pretty mild but um, you know, again, why is it only journalists? Uh, uh, tell me when, 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 when you know someone makes threats against me, am I going to get a place to go run and and hide to get a teddy bear? No, I'm going to have somebody tell me to put my big boy pants on, grow up, 
and deal with it. And, uh, you know, but again, here we have, we'll, we'll spend money because, and, and this is my opinion, all right? The reason the Biden administration is spending money is because the, the, the focus is on, on what are called the targets of misinformation-driven harassment. We're back to that misinformation. So in other words, if you say something that the, 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 uh, the administration doesn't like, like, um, okay, vaccines, the, the, the COVID vaccine doesn't work, never worked, is, is worse than useless, um, and someone feels that's harassing, the, a journalist feels that they're being harassed because of that, then they can go crying for their, you know, for their teddy bear. Um, to me, again, it is feeding the same machine. The machine of oh, by the way, uh, you 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 said I can say all the mean things I want about you, but if you say mean things about me, that's disinformation. Sorry, um, I feel for the threats that were made for for Ms. Lorenz for the threats that were made, but when she turns around and goes doxing other people, you know, the pot calling the kettle black. All right, let's look at some other examples. So. Uh, Let's go back to some of the electric vehicles nonsense. Uh, and and because one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest technological issues with the this push for electric vehicles is the battery. The battery technology today is not sufficient. There's there's not enough minerals, known minerals on the earth to provide for the batteries necessary to go to an all-electric system. Um in in, in fact, uh they're even having a hard time. Um, coming up with enough minerals like lithium to build the batteries they need just today. What happens as these numbers of electric vehicles continue to grow? Well, the Department of Defense has announced what they call the Defense Production Act, and uh, they got their money, guess what, from the Inflation Reduction Act. So we're going to reduce inflation by spending even more money, though that never worked well. But now they're going to spend uh, almost $240 million. They're going to give it to as a grant uh, to uh, reopen a lithium mine. Now, lithium is very important for the, the, the batteries necessary for electric vehicles and things like that. So uh, it, there's a political... But the Department of Defense is spending this money. And let's face it, if this lithium mine was profitable... Why did they need $240 million from the federal government to reopen the mine? Is the, is the federal government simply, are they buying off the, the, the mine company? You know, we'll give you this money and maybe you'll give us a deal on lithium in the future. Or like so much that comes out of Washington, is this just simply a bribe to the mining consortiums in order to open these mines so they could have more lithium to try and take the lithium question off the table when it comes to the electric vehicle problem. I don't know. Right? What I do know is that the Constitution authorizes Congress to collect taxes to do three things, to pay the debts of the United States, provide for the common defense of the United States, and for the general welfare of the United States. Capital U, capital S, proper noun, the name of the union, United States, the exact same name used in the 10th Amendment that says, if the Constitution doesn't authorize it, you can't do it. And guess one thing the Constitution doesn't authorize? That's right. Giving money to corporations to do what you want them to do. What do we call it when you give somebody money in order to get them to do what you want them to do? 
I know we call that a bribe. That's what they're doing. They're taking your money to bribe these companies to do what they want them to do. Because trust me, if this lithium mine was profitable, you wouldn't need the government to come in and give them money. But the other flip side of this is, guess what? It reinforces this idea within the mind of the collective corporate consciousness, right? The 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 shared understanding of so many in, in the head of corporations that if you want to do something, what you really need is the government to give you a boatload of money to do it. And if you just hang out and wait, rather than having to pay to reopen this mine yourself, we'll get the government to pay for it. And speaking of bribery, how about broadband? Now, listen, I I live in a rural area, which means I know my broadband's not going to be great. It's the trade-off, the decision I make living outside of urban and suburban areas means my internet, have I have limited opportunities for internet. But again, here's the federal government saying, hey, we'll just give you a boatload of money. We'll, we'll give all these telecommunications companies a boatload of money to increase their customer base. In fact, the, the Biden administration has given $42.5 billion in high-speed internet programs uh, in order to take companies that uh, already sell broadband and help them to expand their base to get into more areas, what's called the, the underserved or unserved areas of, uh, of the nation. Well, there's just one little interesting twist here. Uh, th those unserved areas that this this forty two billion dollars was meant to serve, yeah, uh, it, it includes mansions, uh, beachfront resort communities, uh, mountaintop vacation homes, you know, a lot of the places that are served by uh, uh, people that could afford high speed internet. If they 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 could afford the the um, the extra expense that it would take to bring in uh, high speed internet. Yeah, uh, and guess what? Um, you know what else? Where a lot of those locations are. Yeah, they're around Washington, D.C., which, by the way, is a direct violation of, of federal law. These are not to be, uh, the, this, this taxpayer dollars are not to be used in overbuilt areas. And by the way, having spent, again, 40 years in IT, I know how a lot of these companies work. They won't spend their own money. They'll wait till the federal government money comes in. And then they'll spend whatever they've got. And guess what? If they don't spend all the money on, uh, say, their broadband, they will find ways to use it for, oh, I don't know, infrastructure. Again, when I used an I, when I worked in IT and I dealt with um, federally funded programs for uh, uh, internet access, well, actually, it wasn't internet access. It was part of it was internet access. Part of it was uh, uh, computer systems, and a lot of them in schools. Guess what? They just waited around to see how much money the federal government would give them. And then they'd find a way to spend every last dime, whether it made logical sense or not. And speaking about uh, making logical sense, did, did you believe the uh, the IRS when they said that there would be no audits below $400,000? <laughs> they didn't either. Uh, again, we saw as part of the uh, Bidenomics, right, we had all this money. And, of course, how much, I forget how many it was. They were going to hire 87,000 agents. Uh, and of course, they were only going to audit the the fat cats, right? The people with with incomes above four hundred thousand dollars. You don't have anything to worry about. If you believe that, I have a I have a bridge to sell you in 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 Brooklyn, New York. You knew they were going to do this. The, the 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 purpose of having these auditors is to audit people. And let's face it, the vast majority, the num the greatest number of people that they can audit 
make less than $400,000. And if you make $400,000 a year, you know what you probably have access to? Lawyers, good lawyers. Lawyers that know how to fight these types of things and know how to, to minimize any impact of, of what might possibly be found in an audit. Why would the IRS want to go through that much work? Why spend all that time and effort fighting with the lawyers and courts and all that when all they could do is go after the little guy that, well, he can't afford the real good lawyers. He, he may not have the tools to, to uh, um, understand the limits of an audit. And I, if there's an attorney out there, I'd love to answer this question. What authority does the IRS have? Where does the IRS get its authority to perform uh, a, a search of my records without any probable cause? See, to me, an audit is an unreasonable search. It's a, um, we don't know that you did anything. We may not even have probable cause you've done something wrong. Now, there are some audits that are triggered by actual information, you know, maybe um, suspicious activity reports or other actual evidence. But how many of these audits are just, your name got picked out of a hat. That's an unreasonable search. You are searching my records, my papers, without any probable cause, without any warrant. So I'd love to see, uh, uh, to find a lawyer that we could discuss that with. That'd be, uh, to me, would be very interesting. So what are we seeing here as, as we head towards the next break? Here's the things I want you to, I'd like you to consider. We've looked at Bidenomics from the, uh, from the point of view of pure economics, whether it's taxes collected or or money spent out of the federal treasury, economic policy, fiscal policy, we've looked at Bidenomics from that standpoint. Could there be more to it? I know a lot of people say Bidenomics has failed because, well, inflation is up, uh, real wages are down, uh, deficits are up, uh, debt is uh, is higher. Uh, spending is higher. You know, there's a lot of reasons to say Bidenomics is not good for the country. On the other hand, you could say that Bidenomics has been very good, well, for certain people within the country, uh, people who may have gotten these these helpful grants, like uh, for for lithium mines or or for um, journalists to get uh, you know cuddly teddy bears to deal with the the trauma of actually being a public figure. Um, you know, they, they benefited from it. Uh, the people who, who are still hoping to get their student loans paid off for them, they're benefiting from Bidenomics. And of course, with all these people getting benefits, the you expect maybe a quid pro quo of, oh, I don't know, maybe some votes come 2024 election. But I want to look at this after the break from a different point of view. Not so much the economic side directly, but the other parts of of the uh, Biden agenda that uh, may not directly be linked to economics, at least not automatically. Because I think as we look at this Bidenomics and part of a larger policy, we see that it is doing what its creators want it to do. It's just not what the American people want it to do. The question is, will the American people learn? Will we wake up? Will we see the evil and do something about it? Or will we simply do nothing and let this evil thrive? Ultimately, the decision is up to us. It is up to we, the people. And we've got a decision to make in, well, actually, a little over a year. I'm not simply talking about president. The office of president gets a lot of attention. I'm not even just talking about members of the House and Senate. 
I'm talking all the way down to school boards and sheriffs and city and county officials. We have to ask ourselves, are they going to be part of the bribe that is Bidenomics, or uh, are they going to be out to protect your rights? But again, I did mention, I do have to take a break. Before I go, though, you know, I want to remind you that uh, this information, I think, is important. And I don't just mean the information that I bring to you. I mean all the information you can get from AmericaOutloud.news. It's why every day in my routine reading, there it is on my list, AmericaOutloud.news. I go there every day for news and information, and I think you should as well. But just as I'm sharing some of these stories here with you today and every weekday, it's important that you share it as well. Let other people know. Find, you find the stories and articles that, that interest you. Or, or the podcast, the videos that, that really say something you think is important. And then share them. Share the news, share the information, share the, the, the knowledge so that other people can use it. Because the framers of the Constitution said one of the reasons they drafted it was to secure the blessings of liberty. But it wasn't just up to them. And it's not just up to the political elites today. It's up to you. See, by sharing this information, by sharing all these stories... You, too, can help share the blessings of liberty. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Many people are calling Bidenomics a failure. Well, except for Mr. Biden. 
However, I disagree. I believe the goal of Bidenomics is not what the administration has been telling you, but what we've been witnessing. Remember the Inflation Reduction Act that had almost no language regarding reducing inflation? Or the IRS funding that was supposed to be focused on the rich? Could it be that the economic bad news we've been experiencing the past few years are the goal of this legislation? We keep thinking that everyone has the same goal as we do, but that has been shown over and over again to not be the case. The question is, will we do what we must to survive these successes, or will we simply do nothing while evil flourishes? Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm so glad you could join me today. We're going to take a look at, uh, well, I guess some economic issues and try to, to look beyond the headlines, beyond the, the sound bites, and see if we can find out what's really going on. And then we'll, of course, look at it from a constitutional standpoint and decide if, you know, what we can do to survive the successes of uh, Bidenomics. Now, I know a lot of people calling Bidenomics a failure. I don't think it's a failure. I, I think it's a, it's a bad policy, but I think it's, pr it's promoting a goal, and that goal is well, being quite successful. For example, uh, the, the Congressional Budget Office recently released a report, this report showing that in the first 11, mo 11 months of the 22-23 fiscal year, because remember, um, you know, the, the federal government has a fiscal year that starts October 1st, so this basically means through, through August, the federal government has had to borrow $1.5 trillion. $1.5 trillion in 11 out of the 12 months of the fiscal year. Now compare this to last year. Last year, after 11 months, the federal government had borrowed $946 billion. In other words, over half a trillion more. We've borrowed over half a trillion more. But yet, I know Biden keeps saying that, you know, the he's reduced the deficit. He's reduced the deficit. Then why, ladies and gentlemen, does it keep going up? Well, because he's being very specific about where he, he's saying we reduced it from. We reduced it from the ridiculously illegal and unconstitutional glut of overspending that was generated by the, um, well, it wasn't generated by COVID-19, no. It was generated by the the bureaucrats and the politicians that used COVID-19 as an excuse to basically borrow a boatload of money to run the United States into bankruptcy. And oh, by the way, that $1.5 isn't the end. There's still the last month of the fiscal year, and I wonder how much they're going to have to borrow to cover that. Now, you may be asking, Paul, how could, could a, 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 how could bankruptcy, effective you know, or, or actual bankruptcy, be a goal of anyone in the federal government? Well, it's simple. We owe $33 trillion. There is no rational, logical way to pay off $33 trillion with a $4 trillion average income. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Even if we just imagine, it's like having a job that, that pays $50,000 a year, trying to pay off $800,000 in credit card debt while still spending more every year than you actually take in. So the only way to get out of this financial mess 
is to devalue the currency, to make those $33 trillion worth squat, to drive the value of them down to something where the value of, of what we have, the value of the United States, is, is comparable. In other words, to generate inflation. You see, if you take that $4 trillion, but through inflation, drive it up to $10, $15 trillion, well, then $33 trillion doesn't sound so bad. But to do that, you basically have to effectively bankrupt the, the country and, by extension, bankrupt a large percentage of the American people. To basically take, think of all the people who have put money away for retirement. You have to wipe it out. You have to basically devalue all of that. Or the people that have invested money into things uh, as, as a hedge against, you have to watch all that good wiped away as well. It's not really that outrageous when you think about it. Back in the 1950s, the, um, I think the median house price is roughly $40,000, $50,000. Now it's over $400,000. But if you looked at it at the, based in gold, in other words, if you took that median house price, converted it to gold, the median the median house is pretty much the same amount of gold. So it it's to me it's not an outrageous statement to look at it and say no. Effectively, the only way to uh, uh, to deal with this outrageous deficit, this outrageous debt, is to devalue the dollar. Now you may look and say, but that that's going to have some really terrible consequences, some some awful consequences. Yeah but not to the people that are actually doing the devaluing. And, and think of the, you know, if you take no consideration for what our children and grandchildren will have to deal with, well, the American people have shown they don't care. See, a lot of people call this Bidenomics, but this is not Biden voodoo. Remember, it is Congress that appropriates money. It is Congress that appropriates money for the Treasury to spend. The Treasury cannot spend a dime unless Congress appropriates it. And remember, it's Congress that's effectively spending all of this money. And it starts with the House. The people that represent you and me, they're the ones that are spending this money. And you know what? They're not taking any of the blame for their overspending. Not really. There are a few people pointing jabs at them. But even, you look at, they, they had this whole big brouhaha about... Uh, um, about the debt, the, the debt ceiling. Oh, we got to get spending under control. We can't raise the debt ceiling. We got to put spending under control. And then they came up with this ridiculous, quote unquote, solution. We'll just forget the debt ceiling for a few years. We went from $31.6 trillion to $33 trillion and no end in sight. Because, well, doesn't hurt them very much. They have hedges against inflation. They can, you know, they, they, it, doesn't, it doesn't cause them. People who are rich have a way of making money when the value of the dollar goes down. It's the people who are living paycheck to paycheck that get hurt the most. And, well, guess what? If you're not one of them or if you have a way to, to avoid that within your family, that seems to be the goal of, of, of binomics. How about another one? For the third straight year, overall U.S. incomes have fallen. Now, they're talking about real incomes. And I mean, they're not talking about the number on your paycheck. They're talking about what your paycheck buys. 
I, I use the example of homes because most people can recognize it. The, the, you know, we've been told you, know, you buy real estate, it's going to be worth more. What it really is telling you is the value of the dollar is less. So if you get a paycheck and every year that paycheck, the number stays the same, but what you can buy with that goes down. Um, that's called a decrease in real wages, and that's called that comes from inflation. Now, according to the Census Bureau, why the Census Bureau is doing this makes no sense. Well, well not constitutional, but we're worried about that anymore. Back in 2021, the average in the, I'm sorry, the inflation-adjusted median household income was seventy-six thousand three hundred thirty dollars. In 2022, that's now down to $74,580. Now, we won't have 2023 numbers, I believe, until, well, after 2023. But look at it this way. That means if you get a, if your pay rate stays the same, but inflation keeps growing, you are losing money every year. It's a hidden tax. Oh, by the way, that's a 2.3% decline. That means if you got a, of uh, 2% pay raise, you still didn't make up for inflation, which means you still had a declining real wage. Now, again, a lot of people say, well, why would that be considered a good thing? The, the, the less your paycheck buys, the more dependent you come on, become on government services. It becomes harder and harder to buy groceries, so you're more likely to go on, on food stamps or to use other government programs to subsidize whatever you're doing because your dollar buys less, your paycheck buys less. By the way, it also pushes many families into having more people work. Again, it wasn't that long ago, 60s, 70s, the, um, the, 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 the median income for a single worker was enough to pay for the entire household. You had one, you had one wage earner, and sure, sometimes you had a second worker. Sometimes they did it for personal reasons. Sometimes they needed the money. But the vast majority of households lived on a single income. Now you drive more and more people to having to have dual incomes because, well, the single income doesn't go as far as it used to anymore. That, by the way, also drives people towards things like um, public schools because I can't afford a private school, but I want to send my kid to school so I can go out and work during the day. Also pushes towards government-subsidized daycare. It makes you more dependent on government. And if there's one thing the Marxists like is people who are dependent on government. Now, there has been one uh, piece of news that people have, oh, look, at this is good news. There's good news. I'm reading this for the Epic Times. The U.S. government posts second budget surplus of fiscal year in 2023. Oh, really? Well, yes. See, for the month of August of 2023, there was an $89 billion budget surplus, meaning taxes and fees collected by the federal government was $89 billion more than uh, they actually spent that month. There's just one teeny little problem. See, that's a mistake. I don't mean it was a counting error. You see, the Biden administration had planned to spend $319 billion on their student loan forgiveness program, but the Supreme Court said no. So um, they didn't spend as much money as they had planned. 
meaning the deficit only came about because the Biden administration got their hand slapped for being unconstitutional tyrants. Not that that's really going to mean much to, to this administration. But it's also important to note, as I just said, we have a $1.5 trillion deficit. And we had one month with an $89 billion surplus or a $0.089 trillion surplus. Yeah, this is not really good. This is this is less bad news. I wouldn't call this good news, at least not for uh, everyday Americans, not for people with a, a, a fiscal head on their shoulder. It's simply less bad news. The the Biden administration tried to spend more money than they were allowed to, and because of that, we didn't have as bad. We actually had a, surp- a small surplus instead of the huge deficits we've been running. Because remember, we're at a $1.5 trillion deficit. Yet we still have the uh, uh, Biden and, and Harris and, and all these, these Marxists saying, oh, look at, look at, Bidenomics is working. Bidenomics is great. Then, then why do we have a $1.5 trillion deficit? And speaking about the student loan fiasco, you see, even though one plan, one program, to uh, uh, forgive student loans was was knocked off the table by the Supreme Court. The administration's trying to start up a new uh, a program to cover up to cover uh, student loan payments, and that's expected to take about a hundred billion dollars out of America's pockets over the coming year. How can you say that that Bidenomics is working when the the def- the deficit is up? That means the debt is up. That means, and we're looking at inflation being up. Uh, it's simple, because I don't believe the goal of Bidenomics is to give, is to strengthen the American economy. No, I believe it's to strengthen the, the political position of a Marxist party, a party that I've already shown. I would just look at, listen to yesterday's program. They're not interested in democracy, they're interested in tyranny. And the easiest way to get people under control. Is to make them dependent on you for their food, their medicine, their housing. Isn't that what we've been seeing over the last several years? And here we have once again the the Marxist administration trying to take money from Americans that have worked hard, that have sacrificed, that have have done the right thing, and hand it over to people that either went got a college degree so that they could, oh, I don't know, make more money or were foolish in, their, in, what, in the degree they followed and have not been able to use it to make money. In other words, they want the hardworking people that made the right decision to pay off the bad decisions of others. Gee, where have I heard that before? Now, I, I have to head off for a break. Before I do, I want to remind you, please check out the boot camp, the, the Patriots boot camp at constitutionstudy.com slash boot camp. It's an absolutely free class. It's an hour video. It's, it's got some, I believe, some really great information. We had a good time. Uh, some tools that you can use today to help protect your rights, your liberty, to protect your family. And again, it's all absolutely free. Just go to constitutionstudy.com slash bootcamp, enroll in the course for free. Uh, yeah, you have to sign up, but that's that's it. That's the only cost. Take the course, and then when you pass the test at the end, you will receive an invitation to join our Patriots program, where we can work harder to do to take whatever it is is your passion 
and hope you'll be better at protecting the Republic using what you find is passionate to you. So please, again, this constitutionstudy.com slash bootcamp for information on the bootcamp and slash patriots for information on the patriots program. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get to the end of the day and, and even the end of some of these programs, I'm just, I'm having a harder and harder time focusing. So I found this great, pro- I mean, sure, I could, I could grab a cup of coffee or, or uh, maybe one of those sugary energy drinks, something that will boost me up, but they always lead to a crash for me. So I found a way to boost my short-term focus and my long-term brain power using healthy cells, focus and recall vitamins. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, vitamins. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell, whether it be Focus and Recall or any of their great products. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. Basically, what I want you to do is go to healthycell.com, check out their products, check out Focus and Recall, all their products, put your card together, use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order and as, a, as something to help you During this break, I'm going to grab me a focus and recall so I can be really sharp when we get together on the other side of this break. 